Hello, I am Brittany. And I am Marcella, and we are the Grounded Space Cadets. We are here to ground the spiritual in the here and now to build community without shaming, dismissing, or indoctrinating. So let's do what we're here for. Let's dive in and raise our vibrations. All right, we're back for Spiritual Alchemy Part 2. Welcome back, everyone. Hi, Marcella. Hi, Brittany. I'm so excited to be back and dive into the seven stages of spiritual transformation. Yes, and I'm going to apologize right now because I have um, clear aligners now. I'm fixing, fixing my teeth. teeth. I'm fixing my teeth, so um, if I slur or if I uh, sound a little weird, I might have to slow down and repeat some things sometimes because I'm still learning how to talk with these aligners. But such is she life. Sounds great. I thank keep you. repeating to her. She sounds great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it's part of the human it. experience. We got to work with what's been thrown at us, right? Totally. Like I think it ties into what we're talking about here. Totally. Just accepting <laughs> what is and moving on. Absolutely. Because I'm going to bring it up. The common theme recently, especially, you know, in the realm and the current reality that we are all experiencing in certain in our own perspectives we have this false idea that we're supposed to be happy all Mm -hmm. the time. And that if you are sad in any way, somehow that is depression instantly. And we're not allowed to be depressed and we're not allowed to feel these like low emotions. So I feel like, you know, diving into concepts like we've been diving into, especially since dark night of the soul. And then we talked about spiritual alchemy and the three different, you know, Um, stages or levels or different phases maybe you know of spiritual alchemy and you know now diving into the seven stages of transformation like it just reminds us that part of the human experience is being so imperfect but not because we're broken but because we we are each such unique creatures and beings that this entire collective needs our unique perspective as it comes to each and every one of us, you know, part of who we are and what we bring to the collective is our human experience, whatever that means in our history. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what we said um, last podcast episode, part one of spiritual alchemy is that, you know, not everything that feels bad is bad. And we want to, as soon as we're feeling sad or a quote unquote negative emotion, we want to fix it and change it right away instead of, giving it its time and reflecting on why we're feeling those emotions. And so with spiritual alchemy, with the seven stages of transformation, it really is a template for meaning making of our suffering and of our transformation. And it is, this is really about the self. It's really about you and how you're perceiving what's going on within you and around you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I think part of the challenge as human beings is not allowing these challenges, these hurdles to overpower or take away our power. I feel like these challenges, these hurdles are here to remind us like, like we see and admire these Olympian athletes for the the physical things they're able to achieve, not realizing that these physical athletes is just an extension of you. So it's like, if you admire that, guess what? You are absolutely capable of doing that, but they're the great reminder that there's a lot of work 
and a lot of dedication and a lot of consistency that must be put in if you want to achieve that type of outcome. And so I feel like all of these, you know, experiences are here to just be examples of where each of us can can go. We just have to put in the work and spiritual alchemy is work. Not everybody is willing to do this type of work, you know, and some people just aren't prepared because they haven't lived a type of experience that allows them to expose their mindset to the fact that stuff like this exists and that it it is part of who we are and to not let it overwhelm them, to not let it overpower them or take their power away. So I love that we're able to talk about this because we want to be able to bring that power back to you. We want to be able to bring that power to you and remind you that no matter what is being thrown at you, you can take the reins of the situation regardless of what is going on. And I think that's so empowering. And I feel like that is just, you know, hopefully inspires people to be like, fuck yeah, that's why I'm going through this like tough moment right now. Like, and I get to choose how to like go through this tough moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's a choice. Like I could choose to become an athlete. It'll at the age of 37, it'll take a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work. (laughs) Um, I would need a support group, right? Like I would need trainers. I would need to hang out with people who also share that same goal. Um, And so with spiritual transformation or spiritual alchemy and transforming yourself into what you want to be or how you want to feel, it's the same process of knowing that it's going to take work, but ultimately you get to choose that. And if you're not ready to make that choice, then it doesn't need to happen. But I think Mm -hmm. we've talked about it in past episodes, especially with the dark night of the soul, that if you don't make the choice to change now, like you're going to be presented with that option over and over and over again until you're ready for it, until you're ready to take on the challenge yourself and you feel like you are supported in that challenge. Um, But yeah, we often will have to learn and relearn um, our lessons, I guess, Mm -hmm. until, until we uh, take full responsibility of them. And that's what I, that's what I like about spiritual alchemy. It's like, it really is a framework for personal accountability and Mm -hmm. for, for maturing the self um, and seeing through your self-deception because we do, we can easily deceive ourselves um, and deny what's happening. Absolutely. And I heard something this week um, and they said it in, in the message was to come across for the people that you surround yourself with, you know, and, and stated you, you will continue, you will no longer attract the people in your life when you heal the part of you that needed them. And so, you know, when we ask ourselves, you know, some of us kind of meet certain, have certain relationships in our life that are very challenging, that force us to face certain parts of ourselves or that, you know, we allow them to completely defeat us. And, you know, you're like, why do I always attract this type of person into my life? Like, I'm going to relate it to dating, you know, why I used to say this, why do I always attract the guy that is like not emotionally available? Why do I always attract the guy that, you know, can't communicate his feelings. Why do I always attract the guy? Like all this stuff, you know, it's like, why do I? Why do I? Like I'd always like, why do I always attract this type of guy? And when I started taking personal accountability of what part of me hasn't healed maybe some childhood trauma, because it wasn't necessarily daddy issues. It was just, you know, the fact that my father wasn't present. There was a part of me from my five-year-old self I hadn't healed from that separation. 
you know, I hadn't grieved that separation. I literally just did it. What month are we in August? I literally did it eight months ago. You know, I grieved my father finally. And, and it was because he physically passed away. We haven't been a part of each other's lives, but I physically had to do that. So it's like, we're going to continue to attract these relationships where you're seeking to feel certain traumatic experiences from your past to help you feel safe. So it's like, if you don't like the people you're attracting in your life, it's like, maybe it's time to ask myself, what parts of myself do I need to heal that keep attracting these type of presence? But I feel like we need to also translate that to, to experiences. What part of me, what experience traumatized or am I still holding on to from a young, you know, five-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, gosh darn it, even a 20-something-year-old, you're still so young in your early 20s, that what part of yourself do you need to heal so that you're no longer attracting these quote-unquote negative experiences that make you question yourself, that make you feel bad about yourself, that make you feel like you're not good enough, that you're not worthy, that you don't deserve, like what parts of yourself do we need to heal, Our, ourselves do we need to heal so that maybe we uh, maybe I'm going to relate it to like graduation. Like, so we graduate from these experiences. Like yeah. I no longer want to attract these experiences. I want to graduate to the next level of experiences, you know? And so it's like, when I understood it that way, it was like you said, taking that personal accountability, bringing mm -hmm. it back to self. And that mm -hmm. for me, in my perspective is so empowering because that's, my choice. And those are things I get to control, right? We're so mm -hmm. focused in a society of stress and anxiety, because we're so focused on the things that we can't control that are yeah. out of our grasp. Let's bring it back to the things that are within your grasp, to the yeah. situations, you know, the words that come out of your mouth, the thoughts that you're creating, the emotions that you are attaching to circumstances, and that is very empowering. And for me, that's what spiritual alchemy and these seven stages of transformation, because now that we're learning about it, it's like making sense of everything yeah. that I've been through over the last few years, you know? Yeah. And the dating example that you brought up is like a classic example of those lessons continuing until you break the pattern, right? Like, because I yes, had that experience that. too, where you keep attracting the same individual, the kind of person, the un emotionally unavailable, or maybe um, in, in my experience, I've dated a lot of men who were substance um, abusers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, same. I mean, if that keeps coming up, um, that personal accountability is not to shame ourselves like, oh my God, what's right. wrong with me? Why do I keep attracting them? But it's like, what is my role in this situation? Um, what, it, what is in my power to change? And a lot of that is like, I'm not going to date until I figure this out, <laughs> like mm -hmm. and taking a break. Um, yeah. Or when those red flags pop up is saying, no, thank you. Like I'm no longer going forward with, um, this dating situation, you know, like, yeah. Putting a stop to it before it gets too far. So the dating example is such a great example of, um, we'll keep reliving that pattern until we wake up to it and we decide to do something about it, you know? And I like, yeah, per the personal accountability and we can deceive ourselves in that situation too. Like we can't yes. say it's them, it's not us. Um, or, Oh, whoa, it was me. I'm the victim here. So, um, 
Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to a recent experience because you know, first it happened that I became detached from dating because you, you and I had the conversation. I was like, I'm happy. I'm so good being on my own. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? You know, you meet someone all of a sudden when you say that. And what I realized, and then I got COVID and a lot of things happened in between. But when I realized now that I'm reflecting because things, you know, didn't quite work out. And I took this whole not working out with this relationship and this person like so good. I was like, <laughs> no, you know what? Like this woke me up to realize there was still a part of myself because I saw my emotional attachment. And I realized as I started learning right now through spiritual alchemy, and I feel like there's no coincidence in life, you know, my emotional style of attachment still still is very much attached to that wounded child. Therefore, it's, it, it, it shows way too much emotion way too quickly, which tends mm-hmm. to and then if you and then it's like a person that is like so forward in their emotion will tend to attract a very detached person in their emotion. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Someone that might be, you know, still going through some sort of spiritual awakening process or, you know, a dark night of the soul type of moment. And so it's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I still need to heal that part of me so that I attract someone that is you know, centered and emotionally mature. And I'm not talking bad about this person whatsoever. And, and the reason I want to reiterate that, I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but in case he does, <laughs> like, I'm not talking bad about him. I very much respected the fact that he was so mature enough to recognize it in the moment, like, this isn't the direction that I want to go. And it woke me up right away, because it's in the very beginning stages of dating. So you're not completely attached emotionally, you know, and it was just like, I feel really good that I took it so maturely and in, in a sense, in the p- perspective of, you know what, one, not everybody's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and two, you know, I saw the parts of me that I was like, oh, like, I still need to work on that part of myself because I, I kind of didn't like the way that I interacted in certain situations there. Yeah, but I want to say, like, we've talked about this experience you've had like pretty much every step of the way and like even though there were moments where you're like oh I didn't like the way I reacted in that situation like you reflected and you were able able to go back to this person and be like hey that was uncalled for like I you told me everything I needed to know I'm sorry for what I like and you repaired you repaired the rupture which is you know I think there's this idea that like oh we can't date or we can't um, pursue other relationships until we're completely healed but like we need to be in relationship with people to heal right so I yes. think you are a great example or that one experience you had recently is a great example of you working on your healing and you doing mm-hmm. it, it with integrity and you know respect for yourself and respect for the other person so um I think and without just, shaming myself that was like very yeah. good I was like whoa good job Marcel. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, all these unnecessary things that we do to ourselves, which, yes. you know, um, the seven stages show us that, you know, we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to do those things to ourselves. <laughs> we don't have to shame Absolutely. ourselves. We yeah. don't. So let's dive into the seven stages. So everybody okay. knows what we're talking about. And Brittany's going to give us the intellectual side of it all, as I love to say it. And, you know, I'll, I'll kind of tie it into some like, you know, day to day examples so that we can kind of ground some of this knowledge. So the seven stages, according to the alchemist, um, 
it's considered the magnum opus, the great work, which, you know, if we look back at different philosophies, like to know thyself is the greatest thing or the greatest work that we can take on, right? It's the, the, the best knowledge we can have is knowing ourselves. And so um, going through transformation, um, the seven stages is called, considered the great work. And it is a matter of purification and refining any material of ourselves that um, we don't personally like or enjoy, or we see something problematic with it, we are transforming it to a higher form. And um, the seven stages, once they are successfully processed, we achieve the philosopher philosophy. This is where the liners are a problem. Mm-hmm. Philosopher's mm-hmm. stone. <laughs> Which I've if you read Harry if you've read Harry Potter, you know of the Philosopher's Stone, and it's a substance that can transform anything into its uh, golden state. So to me, this is just another symbolic template through working through your shit. Like once, yeah. you, once you've gone through the seven stages of transformation, you have like a key, a master key, or you have the Philosopher's Stone, you know how to work through it again. Like you know yeah. how to get to, from A to B um, a second time around. Yes, and I feel like it was mentioned recently, I could be wrong, in um, all of the recent Doctor Strange movies, The Philosopher's Stone, and it's it's also brought up with Merlin and uh, what's the dude that pulls this, the uh, the sword from the stone? Like, oh, it's, King it's a legend. Well, yeah, it's King a legend Arthur. for a reason, right? The Sorcerer's Ex- Stone. Excalibur. Yeah. Excalibur. Like, they bring up the Sorcerer's Stone because... You know, we've, as human beings, I've talked about this before, our interpretation of certain things, we want to make it very linear, because that's how our mind is set up in this three-dimensional reality. But the Philosopher's Stone offers us that conceptual type of, of existence, right? It's not a physical thing that exists. And so um, I love what it says here. It's like that purification process. And, you know, like distilling spirits, for example, like you have to go through like a purification process to take it Mm -hmm. from one substance to make it like another substance that we Mm -hmm. actually revere and pay money for. Right. And so I think that's very interesting, just how we actually apply science to other things. Yeah. Distillers and brewers of our day are the modern (laughs) alchemists. Yes, they are. are. They come up with some Um, really good things. Let me tell you. For sure. So the very first stage of uh, the seven stages is the calcination stage. And this is really when we just burn everything to ashes. We kind of burn Mm. everything down. We reduce everything to the bone. Um, And it's often the stage that's correlated with the dark night of the soul. Kind of when everything is like, we're just burying our soul. We're burying our wounds. We're very, we're very sensitive. Um, And this is when we, we recognize oh, something needs to change. Yeah, and we see this legend of the phoenix, right? We understand that Mm -hmm. the phoenix cannot be reborn until it goes through this process. uh, It's burned in the flame and it becomes, you know, it's it's down to uh, ashes. Like you Mm -hmm. need to like, and I think this is very powerful because, you know, some mystics and some Eastern, um, Eastern, what's the word I'm looking for? Eastern uh, philosophy. Philosophy believe very much of the existence of the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just like a legend like this was, but I feel like it's tying it back into 
the misconception of these type of concepts being like as human beings, we want it to exist, right? We wanted, we absolutely want God to be this physical person that looks like you and I, like we absolutely want him to exist that way. We're understanding things a little bit differently now. And so mm-hmm. like the same thing, like we've tied in all this myth and legend. And so I love the, I actually have a Phoenix tattooed hugely on my back mm-hmm. for a reason. <laughs> and interestingly enough, I got this tattoo in 2015, three years before my spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And during Foreshadowing. that, <laughs> uh-huh, during that time, I physically, if you guys go back and listen to our three, three phases of uh, spiritual uh, alchemy, I was going through a physical transformation. I lost over 120 pounds. And so like for me at the time, I took it as a very physical transformation. But at the time, I was also going through a very mental um, growth period and transformation period about my relationship and codependency with food and then started going through like down the road of, you know, the mindset work and tying it to my emotions. So for me, it was like the perfect symbolism at the time. Like I'd done the physical. I shed at the physical. So I was like, I am the phoenix now. I am being reborn. And just like this new physical existence, right? But I need to put new things in my mind. I need to like think differently because the person that achieved that almost 300 pounds obviously had thoughts and emotions that got her to 300 pounds. I don't want those thoughts and emotions anymore. And so for me, the legend of the Phoenix has always been like very close and dear to my heart, not knowing that we'd be talking about this. (laughs) So many years later, so I find there's no coincidences in anything. Yeah, it's a beautiful concept, symbolically, like the idea of burning something to start anew. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. we do that in so many ways, like we burn incense, we burn Mm -hmm. love letters, we like burning fire, flame, like that's often part of any ritual practices, too. Gosh, I mean, this is more extreme, but emoliation when people burn themselves to prove a point, um, usually political or for human rights, um, you know, that is it's extreme manifestation of this, but um, or the burning, burning of bras. <laughs> oh, yeah, the burning of bras. <laughs> totally. Yeah. When we want to make a statement, look at you know, the we burn. Start. What's that? The burning of the bras look at the movement that it's still sparked like look at the feminism movement you know and it's like I'm not mm-hmm. condoning it or saying it's good or bad or anything but it, it begins stuff right it causes things yeah because of the chemical transformation of things and because things are so quantumly entangled you change the chemical consistency of something and it's almost like you affected its esoteric existence of it tied to like this way of thinking of women and it was like that's a cool way to attach things. The fact that they burned mm-hmm. some bras actually caused a whole different way of thinking down the road. Yeah, it changes perception of what's happening. Same with, um, you know, a lot of the pine trees in California, they need fire mm-hmm. for the seeds to become exposed mm-hmm. um, and to take root. So fire is a very necessary element for well, it's the catalyst for change, right? Right. It's the catalyst. Right. So it is why it's one of the four, actually, you could say fit one of the five elements now that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is, there is a fifth element, people. We will talk about that. <laughs> whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a movie with Bruce Willis. 
You know, that movie just came to my mind the other day. I don't I Oh, it's because I'm listening to the last podcast on the left. They're, they're doing a series on the Salem witch trials. Mm. And it just recalled some of the scenes from that movie in my mind because I'm pretty sure it takes place in Massachusetts, but I could be wrong. But anywho, back to um, Alchemy. <laughs> Let's go to stage two, which is the dissolution stage. And this is where you dissolve the ashes. Mm. So you're taking what has been burnt and you are now putting it through um, a filtration process. Also, mentally and spiritually, this is where we start to integrate. We start to question our shadow side, our shadow elements, our unconscious. Mm. And we start to really... Um, I guess investigate those mm-hmm. elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you're dissolving it, and and this is so beautifully correlated, because we are beings of water, right? In order to di- dilute these different parts of ourselves, we need to bring the water element. So now we're bringing water element together with fire, and yeah. it's no coincidence. It's one of the major elements. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, so now we're bringing in the water. So the water allows us to, you know, what is water? Water conforms to whatever is it, it is around, within, without, right? If there is a stone in its way, it will figure a way to get around, through, under. It'll figure out. I mean, look at the Grand Canyon. Water is very, very powerful. And I, I love how it brings in this idea of, you know, dissolving the ashes that you had to burn down. Because it's all that shadow self of yourself, right? It's all of these like dark moments that you thought were here to tear you apart and ruin your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All of a sudden, it's like you integrate out the 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 element of water where it becomes a whole again. In a sense, it becomes a whole again, and now you can start working with it a little bit differently. Yeah, and water is the universal solvent, right? Mm-hmm. Biology 101, or I think we all learned that in biology in high school. And um, you add water to the mix. In my mind, water, I mean, it's such a holy element, right? Mm-hmm. We need it to sustain life. And it everything that is placed into water dissolves. It might happen quickly, or it might happen over thousands and thousands of years, but water breaks down structures. I it love breaks that. down the salt. It breaks mm-hmm. down our bias, our our patterns of behavior that we are uh, um, playing out on, on autopilot, you know, and the things that no longer serve us behaviorally. Like this is the stage where we really look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, like we talked about last episode, we start to go back to the root cause of things, like what part mm-hmm. of myself, what time in my life did I begin making this assumption or did I begin making this as, you know, true and factual and I've lived my entire life based on an idea that I constructed when I was seven years old. Like maybe, mm-hmm. it's, time to, maybe it's time to readdress it. And I feel like that's very pertinent to our society right now and what we're going through as a collective because as a collective, I feel like we're, we're starting to go through this stage of like, okay, you know, we have certain laws, certain rules, certain systems that we put into place about 2000 years ago, because they served us then. And maybe intellectually, we weren't quite as evolved as we were now. And I don't think that way of system, that way of thinking is working anymore, because our way of thinking intellectually, too, 
is light years away from where we used to be at. And I feel like that's where we're going through as a collective. Like we're beginning to question systems altogether. We're beginning to question entire ways of being. Like the United States used to be glorified by an entire world and everybody wanted to come here. And now that's not the case. There's a lot of people that are like ready to become expats. There's a lot of people that are ready to go back to their countries because they're understanding like this ride or die type of living of like, you know, fight or flight constantly in the United States maybe isn't the only way of existence. And maybe it isn't as healthy as we all kind of glorified it to be, you know, like our diets are worse than anywhere else in most places sometimes. And our, our system allows certain chemicals in our food that other countries won't even allow to touch our lips. And it's like, you know, there's, there's, there's that give and take, right? Pros and cons to everything, because don't get me wrong. I love the United States. Please don't come after me, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I have, I have, I live the lifestyle that I live because I live here now and because I've gotten certain opportunities here. And so it's like, I'm very, you know, grateful. and, and, And I know that I'm blessed to have lived the life that I lived, but some of us are starting to wake up to think maybe the whole cultural society norms that we've adapted here maybe start to need a little bit more attention nowadays and maybe it's time to think about things a little bit differently but I feel like that's the stage where we're kind of all going through as a collective we're in that questioning stage yeah I totally agree we're all kind of looking at how the system has um, affected us you know and there's many systems that are playing in American culture right now and Um, they're all, they all interact with each other and, you know, we don't, we have a lot of choices, but we, it's hard for us to control these large systems that have been in place for, you know, a very long time. Um, but we're all starting to look at it very critically and there's a lot of pushback against that. But to me, that that's a democratic principle, you know, in the United mm-hmm. States, we're a democratic republic and mm-hmm. we, we're, we value democratic ideals. And one ideal of democracy is questioning how things are running, you know, being critical mm-hmm. of our systems in place. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I hate the pushback that, you know, I post one critical thing on social media and I'm called, you know, a Satanist or, right. <laughs> or that I'm not patriotic. Uh, that I'm yeah that I'm not patriotic I'm like no I am patriotic because I'm questioning right systems. like that's that's you know if you like the founding fathers like they want us to, they wanted us to be very critical of mm-hmm. of what's going on in our country mm-hmm. that's why I mean that's why so many people are trying to make it hard for people to vote because they mm-hmm. you know they don't want people questioning things there's you're gonna get a mixed bag like you're gonna get people who who want to voice their opinion and who want to be critical of the situation. And then you, you're going to get people who want the status quo and they don't, mm-hmm. they don't want to take the time. It's exhausting, but anyway, yeah, I know- agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like that's yeah, collectively where we are in the United States. Like that's kind of where we are. We're at the stage three or no stage two, where we're really mm-hmm. investigating um, our realities. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was time. Like, I feel like the United States is a, is going through, like, its, what, teenage phase right now, if we look at it that mm-hmm. way. You know, we are a much younger country than Europe. We're a much younger country than some of these, you know, m- Middle Eastern and Eastern 
countries and as a society, as a culture, as a systematic way of existing, we are very young. We are quite mm-hmm. young. Right. And I feel like we're kind of figuring ourselves out as a collective here in the United States. And, you know, we are the melting pot. And I feel like we're finally being forced to wake the fuck up and, and accept the fact that we are the melting pot. And human rights is started here for a fucking reason. And we need to like, really like, accept that there is no one race for the United States or even the fucking world. So it's like, we're humans. Let's just accept it. Let's move forward. Let's stop condoning each other. Let's stop questioning our upbringing. Like, let's just love each other, accept each other and move forward and like grow up <laughs> as a collective. Can we just make it that simple? That's a big ask. That's a big ask. That's a big ask. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot to do. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. And, um, I brought up Satanists because the satanic panic is back, everybody. If you're paying attention to state politics mm-hmm. in the United States, like there are grown ass people calling each other Satanists and it's just wild. It's a wild time we're living in right now. But let's move on to stage, stage three. three, the separation stage. So this is where we discard the waste pro- products, the material that we um, got, we burned down and we dissolved. Now we're, we're discarding it and we're retrieving the essential parts that we want to keep. And uh, this is an objective part of the process where we look at our personality, we look at our spiritual self. We've already did the investigation. We've already interrogated ourselves. And now we're discarding what no longer serves us. So that way we can start to recognize our true self without ego or the culture being imposed upon us. Going back to our authentic selves, I, I love stage three, what it talks about, because I think that's the intention behind it. Remembering who you are, you know, you are a being, a spiritual being of, uh, of light, whether you believe in spirituality or not, you are light. And remembering our authentic selves and the fact that we are so unique and that each and every single one of us as unique snowflakes that we are, I love to compare us to snowflakes because not one snowflake is the same as the other. And it's like we have to remember that each one of our unique perspectives, regardless of how tiny you think it is, is absolutely necessary as a whole. Like your way of existing your way of viewing life and then the work that you're going to be doing and and evolving that like that's all necessary we all need that as a collective and you may not feel like that like in your own tiny little world and feel like you're you're not a part of anything big and that maybe what you do doesn't impact everybody else but it really does and the work that we do here with spiritual alchemy the work that I've understood that I've done in my spiritual practice is not just it's not just um for self it's not just for me it's not a like it's not me being selfish working on myself it's not being selfish taking two hours you know once a week and like really doing a ritual that grounds me and like connects me it's not selfish in me to like decide to go to sleep early and like meditate it's not selfish in me to like want to take two hours in the morning it's not selfish in me to not want to make plans with people because this like it's not selfish because if you're better it serves everybody else. And it's like, if we can get back to serving ourselves first and loving ourselves first, I feel like, you know, that just, it's like, if you understand sound and frequency, like one sound can affect and resonate somebody else. And because we are beings of energy, if my frequency is vibe in a certain way, I can, I can attract other people to want to vibe there too. So it's like, if I'm raising my frequency, 
that's why as a collective, we're going through like this, like higher vibration way of existing. And we keep talking about ascension people. Okay. This is where we need to start with what we're, we, we talk about demystifying some of these concepts. Ascension. Ascension isn't like, you're, you're, you're going to go through like this, what we've seen in like these um, movies about Jesus, where all of a sudden his spirit just all of a sudden just like literally physically rises up into the sky. Like, I feel like that's what people feel like ascension is. And like these ascension systems, like symptoms, like I'm going through ascension process. I'm like, do you really know what that means? <laughs> that you're going through ascension? Like, you're not going anywhere. Like people describe <laughs> it as going into the fifth dimension and, and like, I'm a fifth dimensional being now. Like I've ascended and I'm in the fifth dimension. I'm like, do you really know what that means? Because First off, I feel like if you're talking about you ascending and how you, you've ascended, like that's, to me, that's the ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not even ascension. No. Ascension <laughs> is actually integration. It's mm -hmm. coming back to self. It's not going anywhere. And it's loving and accepting where we are in this three-dimensional reality. And knowing that what you do in this three-dimensional reality does ripple effect into the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension. And being able to connect into these other dimensions is just you having to be in a certain level of frequency that is so coherent that it allows you to connect your energy into these other levels of energy and vibration. So it's like, you're not going anywhere. You're actually coming into self and you're actually coming together and you're actually integrating. And I feel mm -hmm. like I just needed to like talk about that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. People think that it's, you know, ascending means, I mean, obviously in the word you're rising up, mm -hmm. but as you've said it many times, it's your vibration is increasing to a point where, um, you're experiencing life in a different way. It's, it is about integration and being integrated, but you're not going anywhere. Um, you're not, you're, yeah, it's, I can't say that I fully understand the concept, right. um, but if you're talking about how you've ascended, um, you probably haven't really ascended. ascended. <laughs> it, that's probably like just the ego. And the reason I brought that up, because I feel like it's very related to the stage three, because as you're going through the separation of parts, you're having to figure out and filter what parts of you, the parts of you that really do need to be integrated, the part of your shadow that needs to be integrated, the part of your experiences, right, that need to come together so that you move into the, that level of frequency and you, you go into that level of acceptance, right, you're moving into it accepting who you are and you shared this on on social media recently and, and it, it sparked something in me because we had had a physical conversation about me going through like this period in my transitioning where it's like I, I I've accepted myself I've forgiven myself but it's like do I like who I am like do I like who I'm projecting out into the world like I was going through this questioning process over the last few months guys and it's like it wasn't that I don't love me but it was just like do I like me and then I realized, no, I don't like me. I, I love me. I love who I am. I love that I get to be this type of people. I love that when I interact with certain people, this is who they perceive. And I help them see things differently. And I love that this person sees me this way. And I love, so it's like, yeah, I do love and like who I am, you know? And it's like, I had to go through that understanding of integrating all of these parts, including my shadow, including the parts that maybe haven't done so great in the past and that made maybe not so great decisions and that led me down the path of like 
you know, like, really, Marzella? Like, did you really have to go down that path? But it's like, I needed to. I needed to go down that path to understand and have this wisdom and knowledge so that I can move into that next part of stage four, the conjunction stage. Yeah. And before we go into stage four, I must say, I like how you are reclaiming the term snowflake. (laughs) And using it, you know, using it as a way to accentuate our individuality and not that we are emotional weak Mm -hmm. creatures so thank you for that you're welcome I love it so stage four um it brings together the purified matters from separation and creates the new substance so symbolically in alchemy this is known as the child Mm -hmm. like our our new baby like we're essentially reborn um in this Mm. stage and it can this is the combining of the opposites you know the opposites of all um our parts the our new person for our new personality a new spiritual self and it is the stage of the sacred marriage or the sacred union so or the trinity as it's most often known yeah yeah well the trinity is slightly different because the trinity is the three what is that it's god holy spirit and the father well that's the that's the catholic version of it but the trinity uh, is, ju- is just the feminine the masculine and then the child and it's the marriage uh, the marriage of the feminine and the masculine that brings the child which brings consciousness to the world and it's yes. it's, it's it's the it's the uh, verica pisces that uh. is the holy trinity Gotcha. Okay. That's cool. My sorry, my bad. Vesica Pisces. Vesica Pisces. The two circles, the two Mm. circles that are drawn together, and then you create that fisheye in the middle, which is where the Pisces comes from, right? Mm. Feminine energy with the masculine energy being married together, and you come up with the consciousness. That's where people refer that as the opening of like the mouth or like the vagina, where we come into this world literally as a child. (laughs) Yeah. I love that though the 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 marriage of the two uh, birth for uh, brings forth consciousness and that that is what the stage is about. It's really mm-hmm. con- conjoining the consciousness with the unconscious mind and being very aware of who we are and of the new life we're bringing within ourselves. You know, we're birthing it within ourselves. Absolutely. And, and I feel like the, it's, they've been related to like the feminine and the masculine energy and it's, you know, feminine, masculine isn't everything. And if we can marry the, and find that balance between those both parts, that's where that level of consciousness can be ever so lifted and lifted. And, and I hate to use lifted because we, as in our society, we, we, we attach lift to rise and going back to ascension, we're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. You're just Okay, I, I, I heard this comparison this week, and I feel like I need to utilize it. It's like a radio. What mm. frequency are you tuning your radio to? And depending the frequency, mm. right? So do you, does everybody, I don't know if anybody remembers AM radio, and it still exists, by the it way. It still exists. Ever, it's still it's, there. You can still switch over to AM, and so you'll see the difference. So, like, we've always attached AM radio to not so great reception and FM radio to a lot better reception, right? Which is why all the music, most like big places are on FM radio. So it's like, which, which frequency are you going to tune your antenna to as a human being? And depending on the frequency you, you tune to that's different station, 
that is the human experience that you are going to attract into your 3D dimensional reality. Like that's how I've been starting to understand and correlate this. Like, what am I vibing, right? When we hear uh, my vibe and my frequency and like increase your vibration, like that's what I related to. It's like, if I increase my vibration is just tuning into not a better radio station, but a different radio station that allows me to tap into a compassionate state of being, a radio station that is all about love, a radio station that is all about bringing in, you know, all of these parts and marrying them together. So it's like, if I can tap into this level of frequency, now you're tapping into, you know, just that coherent state of existence. And from that state, you, you create, when you can create from a, from marrying your, your mind with your heart, which is also your feminine and your masculine, from there you create life. From there you create your three-dimensional. That's where manifestation comes from. We hear the word manifestation a lot. Oh, I'm manifesting, I'm manifesting. Oh, I'm going to manifest. Okay, in this social media world, I feel like it's just tossed around as a word, but it's a legitimate thing. You manifest things that are in coherence with your mind heart coherence that you truly feel and have faith are a part of you and it's like when people say oh i want to manifest a car or i want to manifest a partner well now all of a sudden you're pushing it away because you want it if you are dead set on this has to be in my life it's like you're chasing it chasing energy tends to make the thing go away so it's reminding us of like, if you put yourself in brain heart coherence, now you're going to attract these parts of yourself in a, a level of existence that's a whole different way of existing. You know, I used to admire people that could just be themselves. I don't know if you know the type, like they're just weirdos to the max and they know it and they love it and they accept it. And you know, those people you see, you've seen them walking around, right? They don't care what they dress like. The, you see it in their outfits, you see it in their personality, you see it with the way they live. And you're just like, I just look, sit back and I'm like, I fucking admire those people. Because they're just putting it out there. They're just being themselves regardless of what people think. So if like, that's the, the stage that I feel like it helps us integrate to that authenticity of just that level of acceptance and love for ourselves and that tuning into that higher vibration so that you can attract a different human experience into your reality. Sorry, I get very passionate about these things, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the conjunction stage, when you were talking about um, the radio stations, it made me think of, you know, frequencies and how, like, this is kind of a stage of harmonizing mm -hmm. with the different frequencies of the self and, like, really bringing those together for the whole symphonic experience of being who you are you know absolutely and then and think stage of, sorry think of when you hear a symphony right when all the parts are doing what they're supposed to do in the right frequency that's when it sounds harmonious and lovely and glorious and it transcends time and space and look we're still listening to some of Beethoven's stuff 200 plus years later like mm -hmm. I feel like that's that merriment, like you said, of that symphony, right? So that's what we're trying to achieve, that harmony of all parts of ourselves vibrate, like vibrating at that frequency so that we, we can create from that space. When you create from that space, that's when you attract the things that you really want in your life. Yeah, when all parts are in harmony or playing 
in conjunction together, you have this magnificent whole, like Mm -hmm. when you're listening to a symphony, you are hearing the music as a whole, but there are, I don't know, 20 different Mm -hmm. instruments playing Mm -hmm. uh, different notes at different times. And it just sounds so seamless, but in Mm -hmm. reality, it's all these moving parts. And that's a good analogy for who we are in our body. We're all these moving parts. We're a soul, we're a spirit, we're Mm -hmm. a human. We have our mind and we have our nervous system. We have all these parts playing into who we are. Um, Moving on though, from there, we're going to go to stage. Am I on stage six now? Stage five. The fermentation. Oh my goodness, the the fermentation stage. The reason I brought up symphony is because I feel like once you marry all those parts, it ties very well into like how it turns into like stage five, new life. Once you marry all these parts, all of a sudden you have this beautiful symphony. That's a new thing created from different holes, right? Right. Because each note is a whole, but now you've got this whole new hole from all these different parts. And like stage five is that fermentation process. So now you've created the symphony. How are you going to like keep it in this like harmonious stage? Like you're going to ferment in it, just like when we ferment wine. We're going to tie it into spirits again. <laughs> so wait, wait, you said each note is a hole in a each bigger, hole? in a bigger hole, right? Like it's a part, but it's a hole onto itself. It yeah, just like all parts ourselves makes- are holes. All parts of ourselves are whole. Fractals. I'm starting to think of fractals because that's what a fractal is. It's like a whole complete pattern within the same pattern, but at a larger scaled up or scaled down um, size. So, yeah. Everybody, we are fractals. That's what we are. We are fractals. Mm -hmm. We are. We are part of the golden ratio. Our body is a golden ratio. And so it's like the golden ratio attaches itself to all these fractals. Like we are these fractals. We are a whole pertaining to a bigger whole. Fractals. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is um, also the stage, the, the stage five fermentation stage. This is where we like explore our new selves and mm-hmm. where we really get a chance to fall in love with who we have become mm. um, or who we have uncovered. Like we've always been this person, but it had to take some transmuting and uncovering to be revealed. Mm. Um so yeah, this is like this is a lovely stage to be in because it's it's like it's like falling in love. It's like oh, mm-hmm. shit, I'm I'm fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> and it's not. I feel like I'm that. at this stage. I feel like I'm stage. in this stage right now. This is not self-centered. It's not Mm-mm. egotistical. This is just really accepting who you are, and it's very liberating to be in this stage because then your self worth is um, self-contained. It, it comes from you. It, you're not That's looking for you. Yeah, you're not looking for approval from others. You're not looking to build your worth um, based off of what other people think of you. You're completely self-contained at this point. I love that. I love that because I feel like that's the part we're all seeking that level of acceptance and love for ourselves. And as we get there, we attract people that are there too. And then life just becomes different when you have people in in your life that resonate with you like that because you're no longer trying to fix each other you're never you're not no longer trying to one-up each other you're just like co-creators it's time to be co-creators yeah and I'm gonna relate this a little bit to relationships I feel like that's my ultimate intention and goal with a relationship 
is I've always told people that I've been dating, like, I'm not a half to your whole. I'm not like your, you know, I'm, I'm seeking my other half or my better half. I'm, that's not the mentality I come and approach relationship with. I'm a whole seeking another whole person where we're going to become harmony and co-create together. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's what happens inside of us right now. We're in the stage of co-creation with, mm-hmm. with our feminine masculine energy and our, our divine child coming into birthing our new existence and our new reality. Now it's time to co-create with that, to mm-hmm. co-create with literally the universe, be a part mm-hmm. of the creation p- process. This is where we're at with that stage moving into stage five six kind of almost seven (laughs) yeah yeah and that um I don't think you were necessarily talking about having like a literal child with the person but it definitely like at it brought up ideas of like the conscientious parenting that is starting to really take off which is really really great Mm -hmm. um but being very conscientious at this point of um how you get involved with others and that self-containment also means you're like self-source so Mm -hmm. If you at this point is it, it is a good point to start dating again if you are single or um, I mean both Marcel and I are single so that's going to be our vantage point most of the time we were going to talk about our experiences from being single and women, we're going to talk about it <laughs> but um, that self containment and being self sourced like you don't need to be with anyone to fulfill your emotional needs um, right. And that isn't to say that you go into a relationship not needing things, um, right. but it's just that like you are strong in who you are and you're getting involved with someone because you want to be with someone, not because you need somebody to validate right. your, your existence or to validate your wounding or to validate mm-hmm. where you're at currently, but you're with someone purely because they add value to mm-hmm. your life, you That's know? beautiful. So that, that should be so- on your date, on your dating <laughs> Um, it kind of is. It's very on your profile. People go, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, that means the right person just hasn't seen it. The one yeah, I just don't know. It. I just don't know if I'm meant to date in this current world. So I'm right here with you. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'm okay with being single for now. I, I'm really enjoying it. But Me moving too. on, because we're almost done. Um, we have stage six, the distillation, the distillation. stage. Once again, you'll see that this is repeating over and over and over again, but that's because we didn't go into the different colorings mm-hmm. of these phases just for the sake of trying Time. to keep this succinct. Yeah. So um, you just keep going and churning and churning over the, the new material and investigating what works and what doesn't work and getting rid of what doesn't work and keeping what is essential. So this is um, the stage where, once again, you're integrating those new experiences from the falling in love stage, the Mm -hmm. breakthroughs, all that stuff. And you really start to solidify, as you do in stage seven, the coagulation stage, you solidify who you are. And that in and of itself is like the most grounding part. It is the final stage and you feel grounded in who you are. I like this, uh, how you put it here for our notes, the physical manifestation of the spiritual body and mind, all the elements and levels of reality become one. Because, yeah, we didn't get into the colors. We started to talk about it in the beginning with fire element, the water element, then, you know, air element comes into this. And then um, why do I forget the last one? Fire, water, air, earth, earth, right now it's grounding. Yeah remembering and that authentic self and and building from that, you know, from that state, very grounded, but integrated with all the elements. 
integrated that you need all these parts of existence in order to create from that space. And that's, I feel like this, this whole idea that we're talking about is so beautifully put because not only do you have to marry and have like this harmonious level of existence with yourself, that harmonious level of existence is also in tune and in frequency with mother earth. And if we dive into, you know, energy and, and hurts, like you, you get yourself into a state of existence where you're just flowing within with the current state of where we exist as human beings, which is this planet. And if you can create from this space, like you're slowing stuff down to a level where you're not thinking so fast, right? Your thoughts aren't like just jamming. You are not just reacting. You're not just fight or flight you're actually at a point where you, it almost feels, I don't know if this happens to you sometimes, but when I, I take a deep breath before I, st I talk sometimes, it's like I can slow down time. And all of a sudden I have all this time to think about what I'm going to say. Mm. And in that breath, I'm like, okay, I'm, I, can no, I can no longer choose to just react. Like I feel the emotion building up. The emotion still gets triggered. I feel it building up. I can see where my pattern wants to take me in that direction of reacting and saying or doing or shutting down. But you know what? Right now, I'm going to make a different choice. I'm going to slow it down and I'm going to just come from a different place and analyze all this experience I've just gone through this dark moment or tap into some of this other wisdom. And all of a sudden you get to react differently. And in that instance, you have just created a new timeline and therefore a new reality. And that's why we're such multidimensional beings, because we literally create another reality in an instant of just saying things differently, of not reacting, of not going down the same patterns that we used to, of creating new patterns. And that's the coagulation. I can't say it. Coagulation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Right? You're solidifying. Therefore, you're creating that new path, that new timeline. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you become somebody who reacts to somebody who responds mm -hmm. right. and from that space now that person is no longer going to be triggered by maybe a confrontation because you would have reacted differently or from a defense you coming from a defensive place right we always get into defensive mode therefore it's not going to trigger the other person to get in their defensive mode and now this like interaction is going to go a whole lot different and maybe yeah. that's going to allow that person to all of a sudden take a new choice and create from that space and then also create a new timeline. And that's just mind boggling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole stages of transformation of alchemy, once again, it goes back to personal accountability and being responsible for yourself. So you could live with integrity and be the person you want to be. Um, and then hopefully going from, you know, once we make changes within ourselves and the changes, are, we'll start to see changes around us, right? Like, Absolutely. And we'll be more um, wise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it took me a moment to think of that word, but it's, it is wisdom. It's maturity. It's responding, not reacting. And yes. that's because we're taking the time to heal the wounds. We're taking the time to be accountable for ourselves Mm -hmm. And not feeding into this victim mentality that we tend to have when we are immature. Yes. You and, know? And, and that's not 
to shame anyone because even with even when we do this work, like you said, we will still get defensive. Mm-hmm. We will still get hurt. We will mm-hmm. still get angry. It doesn't take away all the experiences of being human. It just gives right. us the wisdom and the space to make different choices. Absolutely. And from that space, you know, that's how we ground this idea of spiritual alchemy. That's how you integrate all parts of yourself. And we talked about, you know, ascension and manifestation today. And hopefully we demystify some of this um, ideas and, you know, perceptions because of how we see things on TikTok and how we see things through reels. And it's all related to like, you have to burn sage and do this and ohm and find yourself there's a reason because some of these concepts come up, you know, obviously they have to grab your attention and that's why, you know, they have to present these ideas a certain way to hopefully grab you to suck you in. But hopefully you're, you're doing your due diligence and using your discernment and and not just taking their word for what it is. And also you're not taking our word for what we're saying. You know, this is, I like to remind people that my knowledge right now is at the level that I'm at and this is how I am perceiving the world, but that doesn't mean this is true fact, a hundred percent, you know, the idea, hopefully it's triggering you to go explore these ideas. You know, hopefully it triggers you to go explore things about spiritual alchemy and that you make your own conclusions and questions. And at the end of it all, that's what we're here to part of the human experience is to question and to find more questions in the questions. And that is where the beauty lies. And speaking of exploring this concept further, my notes from today are all from Sarah Dern, The Beginner's Guide to Alchemy, Practical Lessons, and Exercises to Enhance Your Life. So if you want to explore more, I recommend her book. It's a good place to start. I love that. And with that, we want to thank you guys for sticking it out with us. Um, There was a lot to cover today, but I love this idea of spiritual alchemy. Hopefully you can adapt and better understand what you're going through as a human being and not feel down upon yourself or feel like you're the only one. We're all going through it in our own way, in our own shape. You know, just we just encourage you to seek help. We encourage you to surround yourself with community. And thank you so much for listening. We are so excited to be bringing these messages to you guys. And we will see you. In, we, won't, we won't see them. We will talk to you. (laughs) We will hopefully talk with you soon and not talk at you. Hopefully some of our listeners will maybe ask us a few questions and get involved in the conversation. But this is very very new for us. So we understand if it's new for our listeners too. So um, we'll be back soon with our our next episode. And for now, uh, take care of yourself. Be safe and be well. Stay grounded. See you all. Bye. Bye.